This is the All About Cunard podcast with Gary Bembridge, the podcast that takes a look at all things about Cunard from a traveller's point of view. This fan podcast brings you the latest Cunard news, exclusive features, reviews and answers questions about Cunard and travelling on their magnificent ships. You can visit the site at www.allaboutcunard.com and sign up for the newsletter, Twitter and Facebook. But now, let's find out all about Cunard. Hi, welcome to episode number five of the All About Cunard podcast. I'm going to change the order that I would uh, had planned to do things in. If you remember and you've listened to previous podcasts, you would know that we kind of rotate around one on news, one on features, one on questions and answers, and then the fourth one is a video. I said last time I would probably post a video of a penthouse suite in a Queen Mary 2 that I'd refer to. However, I'm going to switch it around a bit, and this week I'm going to do a news podcast because there's obviously a big piece of news and I thought it would be better to do that and why it's still hot and topical. So today we're going to be featuring on the biggest news from Cunard at present, which is the launch of the World Cruise and World Voyages for 2014. So I'm going to take a look at what they are, a little bit about booking, pre-registering, prices, etc. And then just talk a little bit more detail about what each of the ships is doing and why they're doing it and uh, thoughts and comments. I have a vested interest in 2014 because the plan is to actually for the first time do a leg of a world cruise and we're just uh, currently deciding which that will be and we'll talk about that more once I've got that all clear in my head and what we're doing and what we're not doing. So let's talk a little bit about the launch. Now normally the world cruises and world voyages are announced by Cunard around about July time. This year they've launched them much later than normal. Not 100% sure why. It seems to be perhaps that they're still very much focusing on selling the cruises and voyages that they've got. As you know, probably hopefully from previous podcasts or the blog or whatever, that they've launched quite recently a whole new scheme of Vantage Fairs. And we covered that in a little bit more detail on the last podcast about how to get great fares. And maybe they were also waiting to build the whole World Voyages, World Cruises into the Vantage Fairs thing because it is a very big part of what they've announced. So I'll talk about that in a little bit more detail. But anyway, they've launched them much later than normal. They've now this week announced what the World Voyages will be for each of the three ships. All three ships are going to be doing one uh, in 2014. Uh, they haven't formally announced prices, although travel agents now do have the details of prices and so are able to quote. And also they are taking applications for a brochure. The online brochure doesn't quite work yet. Maybe by the time you listen to this podcast, it does work where they have an electronic brochure. But you can, in most countries, request the brochure and they guarantee that you will have the World Voyages 2014 brochure with you before booking opens on Monday the 5th of September at 1 p.m. So what I thought I'd do meantime is share with you a little bit about what those voyages are and what the kind of process is. As I mentioned, the cruises formally go on sale on the 5th of September at 1 p.m. Now I'm assuming the reason for the 1 p.m. time, it's 1 p.m. UK time, which would be first thing in the morning, obviously in places like New York, that whole uh, east coast of the US. So it's really designed to launch in the morning of the 5th of September US time. Of course, with your uh, cruise agent, you can actually 
kind of gathered all lined up so they can go straight into the system and book whatever you want at that time. What QNOT are doing though uh, is actively encouraging you to pre-register. So if you look on the website or if you've got any of the emails, remember we spoke last time about signing up for the emails, you'll find they're really encouraging you to pre-register before the 5th of September deadline. And I couldn't really figure out what the benefit was. You know, were they going to be offering more incentives? What were they going to be doing? So I spoke to my cruise agent, uh, Jane Chadwick, who we used to book all our cruises, and I'll talk about her a little bit later. And what it seems to be is if you pre-register, you don't get any additional benefits. Basically, the benefits that they are going to be making for the World Cruise, they've already announced those and are unlikely to change those. What they're obviously encouraging you to do is to pre-register with Cunard, whether it's in the US, whether it's in the UK, whether it's in Germany, wherever the office closest to you is. Then a cruise agent from Cunard will contact you and try and uh, agree with you which route you take and to book it through them because obviously booking it through them is more advantageous because they're not then paying on uh, uh, you know commissions to to cruise agents however as I mentioned previously I would not encourage you to pre-register unless of course you do really want to uh, only deal directly with Cunard I do believe it's much better to work with a cruise agent and the advantage of working with a cruise agent is hopefully you have a relationship with them. They know what you like. They know what you don't like. They still will get you the same price as Cunard will be able to offer you. Saying that, they may actually give you a slightly sharper price because they may find a way of shaving something off the price through commissions or extra onboard credit or whatever. And also importantly, they can discuss with you what is the right leg, what is the right ship, because it's quite complex, as we'll talk about in a second. You have three ships traveling all over the world, some of the paths cross, so there are sometimes opportunities to change between ships. It's quite a complex process. And, you know, working with a cruise agent is probably, you're going to get the, certainly the same price, if not a sharper price, but you're going to have much more advice around what's right for you. So I would strongly recommend that you work with an agent. Now, if you're looking for an agent, um, and I will give you the name of my agent. So it's a fabulous lady called Jane Chadwick. She has been booking cruises for us way, way back. I originally came across her through cruise critic uh, boards etc when she was uh, doing something else um, she wasn't a travel business but she was doing something else and she was just so helpful she was so knowledgeable she knew ships incredibly well her daughter actually works for, on, on some of the Cunard ships she travels extensively on Cunard on P&O and Jane really 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 understands the ships and, and really understands um, uh, passengers and people she works for herself um, but as part of a, a bigger booking group if you are interested you can go on to the blog at www.allaboutcunard.com and you look for cruise links and you'll find a link to a site called gocruisewithjane.co.uk or of course you could just type that in gocruisewithjane.co.uk um, <clears throat> mentioned to her that I, I had suggested you get hold of her she's really really helpful if you listen to this in another you know sort of in the US etc do bear in mind time differences but she's very very responsive to emails I would strongly recommend you you have a chat to her she may not be able to help people outside of the UK but um, I'm pretty sure she can do but of course one thing that everyone's interested in is what am I going to pay and is it sensible to be booking in advance I mentioned earlier and I've mentioned the last podcast the Vantage Fest. now they've launched these world and exotic voyages 2014 as, as Cunard called them backed by the QNR price promise and their Vantage fares. Basically what they're guaranteeing is you have a lot of flexibility if you book right now, so way before time, and you will be protected by a price promise. So it means that 
even though you're booking very early, you you absolutely know that if the price for your uh, leg or the cruise is reduced, you will automatically, without asking for it, be given other benefits. For example, onboard credit, which I suspect will be one of the main ones, or they may upgrade you to the value of any reduction. So for example, if you've booked an inside cabin and the prices go down for uh, view cabins, you should be upgraded to a view cabin. If you're in a view cabin and the prices go down on a balcony to that price, you could find yourself in a balcony and so on and so forth. So you will either receive onboard credit or you'll receive an upgrade. So you can be fairly confident. Plus also what they're doing is they're offering various benefits. Now it's quite complex again because it depends how many nights you're actually going to book whether you're going to book you know a 12 night or 30, 30 night or 90 nights or whatever but they're already guaranteeing that you will get onboard credit so you can get onboard credit for example uh, anywhere between $60 to $900 per person based on how long your your trip is so you're, you're going to get onboard credit or you could choose to get uh, complimentary airport parking for example or you can get regional flights to connect to to voyages over 20 nights or if you've got anything between 20 or 21 uh, 29 nights should i say you will get at least one night stay uh, in a hotel very nice hotels i guess that you can use either before or after your cruise and if you're on over 30 nights they will give you three night stays on voyages so again it's relatively it's, it is you know relatively complicated now i did also mention that it's important to be a member of the cunard world club remember to become a member of that you only have to be on one cruise and what they're saying is when you book any leg of the uh, world cruises and you're a member of World Club and you make sure they know your number, you will receive anything up to another $450 per person onboard credit. So as you can see, there's already quite a few things bundled in. You're going to get your price guaranteed. If you've been on at least one QNOR cruise, you're going to get anything up to $450 onboard credit. Plus, depending on, on what you're booking, you can get some a choice between more onboard credit or nights in hotels. So you can see already there's things bundled in. But if you book now, you can choose the leg you want. You can choose the stateroom you want and you know that whatever happens with the price you're going to be benefiting and this is a huge huge change there's a few other things around uh, the, the level of deposit and the flexibility of deposit so if you want to just check on what those are then go to perhaps the blog at www.allaboutcuno.com search for vantage fares and you'll find in there more details because it is quite important because Previously, if you booked on Cunard and you wanted to change anything, that was treated as a cancellation and you could lose a lot of money, as happened to us uh, when we were looking at once at, at Booking League in 2010, we had to cancel and we lost our deposit completely. Nowadays, first of all, the deposit rate's lower and there's much more flexibility in that. So anyway, that's what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is seriously think if you are looking at going 2014, you, you have a lot of opportunities, but in terms of reassuring you're going to get a good price, the choice that you want. And, and other sort of benefits and, and features in terms of price. So let's assume that you decided in 2014 you really want to look at a world voyage. Now, what's interesting actually about the world voyages is up until not so long ago, the percentage of passengers who were doing the whole voyage was quite high. You know, when we were on the Queen Elizabeth last, we were talking to some people and they were saying, for example, I think it was both on the Queen Mary II and the Queen Elizabeth, something like, I think it was 75 or 80% of passengers a couple of years ago had done the full world cruise. 
the last year, I think it was only something like 25 or 30%. So the nature of the world cruise thing is changing. I mean, it is a very expensive commitment, but increasingly it seems to also be attracting people who are looking for perhaps a longer holiday or a more exotic uh, holiday and want to do part of it, but don't want to be stuck on for a, or, or, or can't commit to a whole hundred nights. So let me talk a little bit about the different cruises. Again, on the blog at www.allaboutcunard.com, I've actually uh, posted uh, pictures of each of the individual um, uh, trips, so you can also refer to that. But let's talk a little bit about what the basic principles are. So the, the Queen Elizabeth, let's talk about the Queen Elizabeth first of all, because the Queen Elizabeth is probably doing the closest to the most traditional world cruise that Cunard used to do. And we'll see that both with Queen Mary II and the Queen Victoria, they're not doing a classic world cruise as such. They're doing what, I guess, Cunard, which is why they're calling them kind of exotic voyages, because they're only covering parts of the world. But the Queen Elizabeth is doing a very much a traditional world cruise. It's 180 nights. It's going to completely circumnavigate uh, the world is going to go to 40 different destinations. It's going to visit 23 countries. It's going to go to Japan for the very first time. And it's going to visit uh, Kochi. It's going to visit Yokohama, uh, which is close to Tokyo. It's going to visit Kobe. It's going to visit Nagasaki. It's also going to go to places like Shanghai for the first time, Busan in South Korea for the first time, and lots of, of new things. It's also going to go through the, both the Panama Canal and it's going to go through the Suez Canal. So really the Queen Elizabeth is kind of the, the big world cruise ship. It's going to sail from Southampton, as I mentioned, for 180 nights. It moves across to New York. It goes uh, down sort of through the Fort Lauderdale. It does touches the top of South America, goes to the, the, the Panama Canal, up to San Francisco, across to Hawaii, then down to Auckland, going past a couple of islands like Pego Pego, Tongo, goes up to Sydney through Brisbane, Whitson Islands, then it goes right up to Japan, comes down the side of Asia, visiting places like Shanghai, Hong Kong, Hanoi, Singapore, cuts across past, Col uh, past uh, Kuala Lumpur, up to Colombo, Mumbai, then it goes round through the Suez Canal, then back to Southampton via Naples, Palma, and Lisbon. So it's very much a very classic Queen Elizabeth cruise. Now, we're actually, we're thinking of probably joining the Queen Elizabeth probably from something like Sydney to Dubai or Sydney to, to Singapore, for example, because not only is the Queen Elizabeth a beautiful ship, but that, that feels like a big part of the world cruise. So it feels to me like the Queen Elizabeth is being targeted as this is the one that's doing the world cruise. And, and so if you're thinking about sort of the classic Cunard world cruise, Queen Elizabeth seriously look at that one. It's a great routing because, uh, you know, the, the number of ports it's calling out is quite frequent in relation to port and, and sea days. So very, very interesting. You also get the two classic Panama and Suez Canals uh, voyages, trips, sort of the right word for those. So it's really, really, really interesting indeed. The next ship I want to talk about is 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 the Queen Victoria because the Queen Victoria is doing a really fascinating trip and and some ways it almost feels a more cultural trip if if you like and what they're doing in 2014 again it's about the same time it's 116 nights so it's it's two nights shorter and it's actually going all the way down to South America it's looking at Australasia and it's spending a lot of time going through Pacific Islands it's going to 33 ports in 17 countries but what's very interesting is 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 it's spending a lot of time going around South America so again it sails from Southampton and returns to Southampton but it basically goes from Southampton goes down to sort of the Fort Lauderdale area and then very briefly it goes to Bahamas and then it goes kind of right around most of South America and it goes to uh, Brazil, 
it goes to Uruguay, it goes to Argentina, it goes to Chile, it goes round the, the, the Cape Horn, it, it then goes, bounces up um, the, the, the other side, I guess the Pacific side, the West Coast side, South America, right up past um, glaciers, up to San Diego, then it crosses uh, these very exotic Pacific islands like East Island, Pitcairn Island. It then goes across Tongo, actually spends quite a lot of stops in New Zealand. Uh, I think it's one, two, three, four, about five or six stops going right down the east coast of New Zealand, up to Sydney, up to Brisbane, and then it heads back to North America. And the way it heads back to North America is, is via Pago Pago, via Hawaii, into San Francisco, then down through the Panama Canal, little couple of stops in in the Caribbean and then back across to Southampton so it's it's a beautiful trip it's very to me it feels almost more exotic trip and it's a very exciting trip and so it'll have a very different feel to it I suspect it'll have a very different type of passenger to say Queen Elizabeth more traditional kind of world cruise the, the Victoria feels to me just feels a little bit more about scenery culture I think it's a really really fascinating trip and definitely one that I, I think is going to be an amazing trip and definitely is kind of on my to-do list now let's talk about the Queen Mary 2 obviously a lot of people want to go on the Queen Mary 2 the Queen Mary 2 and their voyage this year is very clearly very clearly focused on the Australian market and looking at how do they really take advantage of this huge interest both the people going to Australia but also people in Australia in that region for seeing Australia so basically what it does, again, it's Southampton to Southampton, but it pretty much churns its way to Australia. It, it, it basically, it goes from Southampton, goes to Madeira, goes to Tenerife, churns down through 10, I think it's 10 sea days to Walfus Bay in Namibia, pops into Cape Town, pops into Durban, pops into Mauritius, and then it gets to Australia via Perth. Once in Australia, it goes to Sydney, and then it goes all the way around Australia. And it spends a lot of time calling it many ports around Australia. It goes all the way around, actually pops up to Bali, comes all the way back around to Sydney. And once it's been to Sydney, it then sets off heading back to Southampton and it heads up a very sh short couple of places in, in, in Asia. So it goes to Shanghai, goes to Hong Kong, goes to Bangkok, goes to Singapore. It does go to Colombo. So it goes to a couple of the big, you know, well-known places in Asia. Suits up to Dubai, then heads through the Suez Canal and back to Southampton via Rome and, and Lisbon. Now, the Queen Mary is um, going to be 119 nights. So they're about the same, same time. It's actually one night longer than the Queen Elizabeth. But, you know, you, you can go all the way around Australia. It was very successful for them in, in, in 2012, and they're doing it again. Uh, you can see, you know, a lot of Australia. I think it's going to be very, very popular. It's going to be interesting, actually, because we were looking at it because we wanted to get to Sydney. But when you look at that first leg from Southampton to 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 Sydney, it's pretty much all at sea for, for something like about 30 days because you're only stopping at very few places. It's going to be interesting to see whether people do that leg in their own right. I guess if you love being at sea, this is going to be an amazing trip with a couple of stops along the way. Um, but it's going to be very much around... Australia and, and that piece of Asia and I, I'm suspecting that that kind of Australian Asia leg is going to be extremely popular and I'm guessing that you may find that you actually have incredible deals as, as things move out over time in those other legs you know I might be wrong but it just feels to me like that so what I think is really interesting is they have three very different approaches you've got the classic world cruise with the Queen Elizabeth you've got this very sort of cultural South American islands you know, New Zealand thing with, with Queen Victoria, which I think sounds fascinating. And then you've got Queen Mary 2, because obviously she's a big ship. She can't 
you know, pop in and out of all these little ports that easily. So she goes to Australia. She does an, spends a lot of time around Australia. Heads back via Asia, which is obviously very popular. That's one of the things that appeals to us. You know, maybe going back from Sydney to Dubai or Sydney to Southampton on the Queen Mary Two, uh, you go, you know, you you go to less places than you would with the, with the Queen Elizabeth. So it's 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 more about the ship and the experience of, of the ship and spending a lot of time at sea. So I think it's very clever what they've done. Three very very different trips. Now, obviously, you can do various legs of those. They tend to be places, you know, more normal places that people get on. So people t- tend to get on and off at Dubai, on and off at Singapore, on and off at Sydney, and places like that. But you can actually, if you talk to your cruise agent or QNAR, there's much more flexibility about where you can get on and can get off. But they tend to structure, uh, and you'll see it in the brochure, they'll tend to structure, you know, you can either buy the whole voyage or they offer these kind of pre-selected chunks, which I guess also helps in the scheduling. So things like, for example, some, you know, Southampton to Sydney is always a popular one or Sydney to Singapore or Sydney to Dubai or Sydney to Southampton or San Francisco to Sydney or New York to somewhere. So th- th- there's often kind of those kind of bundles of things where kind of large uh, port cities, uh, you know, start start and, and end at. So what is this all going to cost you? And obviously, world cruises are incredibly expensive. And the final, final price is not out. But if you look at the 2013 prices and you look at some of the prices that are kicking around, I think the price is going to be very similar to 2013. So roughly speaking, if you look at what it's going to take, I looked at it by, by grade. So if you look at Queen's Girl, Princess Girl, uh, Britannia with Balcony, Britannia uh, with a sea view and Britannia uh, inside cabin. It's really interesting because basically if you take it for a 30 nights, so let's say 30 nights, uh, a, a an inside balcony costs anywhere between 150 to 200 dollars a day per person roughly speaking so if you're going to go for 10 nights you just times it by 10 if you're going to go for 100 nights you kind of times it by 100 so an inside balcony would be around about 150 dollars to 200 dollars a night if you're going to go in britannia with a with a with a sea view so you know a nice big window that's around 200 to 250 dollars per person per day if you go in britannia with a balcony which I know a lot of people, particularly on world cruises, like the idea of having a balcony. That would be around, and there's a big spread of those because there's some great balconies uh, and there's some less great balconies with obstructive views, for example, where the life bits are. And that seems to fluctuate between $250 to about $400 a day per person. Princess Grill is around $400 to $500 per person per day. And Queen's Grill starts at $500 and goes spiraling upwards because obviously if you're on the Queen Mary and those massive great two-level decks you know it's probably I didn't actually work that out I should have looked at that but it's probably like a thousand or something or more dollars a day so you can basically do it around about $150 per person per day up to you know if you take the lowest uh, Queen's Grill about $600 so basically on your spectrum it's it's somewhere along the spectrum that works for you so of course those prices sound a lot but if you consider you know if you've got an, an inside room $150 per person per night that's obviously for all your food, it's all your entertainment, it's all your accommodation, and, and, and so on. Now, I suspect that you'll find as deals go on, you know, it, it varies, it, it varies, and I'm sure you'll end up paying on average a little bit lower, lower than that. So, you know, basically anything from $150 per person per night up to $600. So I'm guessing we don't have that many people listening to the podcast who are starting to worry about booking the double, you know, the... the massive big suites um maybe they are be great if they are and if they are i'd love to want to get in and video it and have a look at it but anyway so basically an inside cabin about 150 dollars a queen's grill around about 500 dollars per person per day and then within that now if you think about it so if you take a look at um if you're doing say the full 
imagine you were doing the whole hundred odd night cruise what would that actually cost you in total to give you a sense of scale so if you're doing an inside cabin like a d8 inside cabin you'd be spending around eleven thousand pounds to do the full cruise uh, so in in dollars that's what about fifteen thousand dollars or or so if you were doing uh, with a sea view which would be like a c5 cabin <clears throat> that would cost you about twelve thousand one hundred pounds so that's what about sixteen seventeen thousand dollars if you're doing an A7, which is uh, the most reasonably priced balcony, that would be about £15,500. So that's around about, what, $20,000. If you're doing a princess grill on a P4, which is the most flexible a princess grill, that's about £34,000, £33,000, £34,000. That's about £40,000, $50,000. And if you're doing a queen's grill, that's about 39000 So that's heading up to about $60,000, So, I mean, it's a lot of money, and that's per person. So clearly, you know, if you're going on the full 100-nighter, it, it's a massive cost, which is why they then offer right down to, to, to much shorter legs. Uh, you can get some for around about seven-day legs, so that's going to cost you about the same as it will cost you going on a crossing. Um, although it seems some of the popular legs are around about a month, a month or so long, but lots and lots of flexibility, and uh, and of course you know prices will vary, and I've used very rough currency differences. So hopefully that's been helpful. I know I've spoken about it quite a lot. There's going to be quite a lot about the world cruise. Um, remember that things are changing a lot. So if you keep an eye on the blog at www.allaboutqnod.com, as updates come through, I will make sure I post them there. If you are thinking of going on any part of the world cruise, I'd love to hear about what you've booked, what you're thinking of doing, any tips and advice you've got as you go through the booking process, any watch outs you, you think I should be sharing with uh, listeners or blog readers. I'd love to hear about that. If you visit the site, you can uh, find ways you can just comment there. You can send me a Twitter. A couple of people have very kindly sent me some feedback via Twitter, if that's easier for you. Email me, whatever. I'm very happy to hear from you. Love to hear from you. Love to hear feedback because I love traveling on Cunard. And the more I can make this podcast and blog, uh, hit what people need the better for me and the better for you so until next time uh, if you're booking on a world cruise have uh, an exciting couple of uh, weeks thinking about it booking it and then planning it so until next time cheerio that was the all about cunard podcast the podcast that looks at all things cunard from a traveler's point of view please visit our site at www.allaboutcunard.com where you can sign up for a newsletter, Twitter, and our Facebook page. Until next time, happy Cunard traveling.